You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. Well, Merry Christmas, and what a great day. And here's what I want you to know. We are here to celebrate someone. Who is it? Jesus. Yeah, we are here to celebrate the birthday of Jesus Christ. Now, in case you didn't know this, he was born about 2,000 years ago. His first name, Jesus, means God is my Savior. Christ, which is not his last name, means chosen, anointed one of God. He is special in the history of the world. Now, you wouldn't know that from his upbringing. He was born of a mom, adopted dad. He had brothers and sisters. They were a poor family. He was raised in a small rural town. And what's curious is we don't know much about his life up until about age 30. And until that time, he's obeying his mother, his father. He's working in the carpentry shop with Joseph. And then at age 30, he started his public ministry, which lasted only about three years. And what's really interesting is that in those three years, Jesus Christ made the biggest impact of anyone who has ever or will ever live in the history of the world. So here we are. The Christian faith, the Christian church is founded upon the life, person, and work, and death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And today, more songs are sung about him, more paintings painted regarding him, more books written concerning him than any other person in the history of the world. Jesus is in a category all into himself. We, we even measure time by his life. B.C. means before Christ. A.D., Latin, Anno Domini, meaning year of the Lord. It signifies Jesus' birth. So what we're saying is that no one is like Jesus. No one is equal to Jesus. No one is alongside of Jesus. He is the most important, special person in the history of the world, and we are here to celebrate his life and the changes he brings to our lives. Well, in addition, there are two other unique things that I need to let you know about Jesus. Number one, most religions find their headquarters in a holy place, and typically that holy place is where the founder of that religion died. Well, Christianity doesn't have a holy place because our founder is not dead. Three days after dying, he rose from death. That's Easter. Today, we celebrate his birth. On Easter, we celebrate his resurrection. We don't have a holy place as a headquarters because Jesus, our founder, is alive. So instead of a holy headquarters, we have a holy head person. It's not a place, it's Jesus Christ. And number two, and this may shock you, there is no other major world religion where the founder claimed to be God, only in Christianity. Jesus openly, publicly, repeatedly said he was God. 
He was opposed for three years and was ultimately put to death because he claimed to be God. So today, as we gather together, we are doing so to celebrate the most important person in the history of the world and take part in the biggest party in the history of the world. Today, billions of us, followers of Jesus, are meeting all across the globe to throw a birthday party for Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. And we're going to jump into a book of the Bible called Philippians We've been studying it for several weeks. We'll see it again this next Sunday. And what we're talking about is joy. The man who wrote this letter is Paul. His theme is joy. And he's talking about Jesus Christ as the source of his joy. Just as the angel said when Jesus was born, I have good news of great joy for all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And as we pick up the theme of joy in Philippians in chapter 2, we want to look at three things that Jesus does and the changes he wants to make in your life starting right now. Number one, Jesus makes selfish people servants. Here's how we open chapter 2. Therefore, Paul writes, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather than humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. What he's saying here is, when we are born into this world, this is all we know. Selfishness, division, arrogance, looking out for ourselves. So the way people behave and treat each other, this kind of culture we create... We tend to think it's normal. You need to know that sin has entered the world, and as a result, our behaviors and our culture's behavior is not the way God intended it to be. So what is normal to us is abnormal to God. And what he's saying is the prevailing mood in our culture is selfishness. Everyone wants to know, how do I benefit? What's in this for me? And as a result, you and I use and abuse people rather than love and serve them. So Jesus comes down from the kingdom of God and he brings the kingdom of God with him. And the culture of God's kingdom is not about selfishness. It's about servanthood. What Paul's talking about here is that Jesus' birth is the beginning of him serving us on earth. And that's not easy. If you're in customer service, this time of year is tough, right? People are not always nice. (laughs) Why is that? Well, they're sinners, and they don't appreciate your service. And our God, in His kingdom, He holds a high value on service. Jesus Himself said, For even the Son of Man, this is the title that He speaks of Himself, Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I want you to see that Jesus was born into human history to serve you. He loves serving you. He has this desire to help you. He considers you a blessing, not a burden. He wants to build you up, not tear you down. And the beginning of Jesus serving us is by becoming a human being. God becomes a man. And he lived a life like we do, experiencing sadness and opposition, hardship, conflict. And Jesus served us ultimately by going to the cross and dying to serve you. And right now, Jesus is alive and well, and he's still serving you. You can pray to him. You can cry out to him, and his presence will comfort you. So Jesus makes selfish people servants. Number two, Jesus makes proud people humble. Paul goes on, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. If you love Jesus, serve Jesus, know you're forgiven by Jesus, that changes your mind. Still speaking of Jesus, Paul says, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Again, Paul is comparing and contrasting this world with the kingdom of God. And what he's saying is, in this world in which you live, it is common for people to honor, value, and pursue pride and selfishness. So much so that we use words and expressions like self-esteem, self-improvement, self-help, all of which is to say, I've got this. I'm going to find a way on my own. I don't need him. And what Jesus brings with him is a concept that we don't like to think of very much. Humility. And let me say this from the start. All of us is in process toward humility. And if you're the kind of person that says, you know, I used to not be humble, but I kind of fixed that on my own. Well, then, congratulations, you got the grand prize for being the least humble. That's not how this works. Let me define humility this way. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less so that you can focus on God and others. When Jesus was born, he brought humility down into a proud world. We know this. I mean, look at his first audience. Luke 2 tells us it was these lowly night shift shepherds who were barely considered a part of society at the time. So let me ask you, who is the greatest person in the history of the world? Jesus. Who's the most beloved person in the history of the world? Jesus. Who's the most humble person in the history of the world? Jesus. Let me prove it to you. Before Jesus was born on Christmas Day into human history, 
what was he seated upon? A throne. When he came to earth, what was he born in? A manger, a feeding trough. Prior to his coming into human history, who was serving Jesus? Angels. And then he comes to earth, and does he have others serve him or does he serve them? He serves them. Why? Why go from the highest place to the lowest place? And he even chooses to do so. He did it to pursue you, to be near you, to love you, to forgive you, to reconcile you to a God who loves you. And number three, Jesus makes dead people alive. This is ultimately one of the main reasons Jesus entered into human history. Paul says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Where is Jesus today? He's not dead. He's alive. He ascended into heaven. And he is ruling and reigning, and he's still pursuing a relationship. He is still forgiving sin. Jesus Christ is back on his throne, surrounded by angels, and his kingdom is extending over all the nations of the earth. He is highly exalted, and that's why we are here, to honor him. God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow. This is an act of surrender. This is an act of ultimate humility. This is saying, you're the one to be honored. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, well, that's pretty much everybody. And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The whole point is this. We are here to declare Jesus Christ as Lord. As Lord, let me tell you what Jesus has in store for you. Jesus says one day he will return. And our King Jesus will bring his kingdom to the earth. And this world will be utterly and eternally changed. There will be no more taxes. There will be no more elections. Woohoo! <laughs> no sickness. No disease. No unreconciled relationships. No wars. And when Jesus comes, he's going to call you by name. If you will call upon him, when he comes back, he will call you by name. And your body will rise from the dead. And Jesus will bring you into his kingdom that lasts forever. And I invite you now, if you have not received Jesus, receive him as a gift. If you have not received forgiveness for your sins, receive it as a gift. If you have not received eternal life, receive it as a gift. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, 
Thank you for your humility. Thank you that you came down to serve us. Thank you that you came to bring life, bring it abundantly. You brought it fully, joyfully. So we want to say in this moment that you are Lord. And Lord Jesus, we are here to celebrate that there is a God who loves us. There is a God who forgives us. There is a God who pursues us. There is a God who serves us. And there is a God who is coming again to take us home. The celebration never ends. And that we look forward to. All of this is your gift to us. Jesus, help us to open our hearts. Help us to open our lives. You're there. You're right there. And you bring hope. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.